Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on March 28, 2022 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a look at the two Democratic candidates running for governor in the state and what they had to say about each other at a recent Democratic event. We hear from the Senate's top Republican, Senator Shane Massey, about what's happening in the Senate, including the controversial Save Women's Sports Act, and we preview the legislative week. In business, Scott Morgan has a report on how Clemson is combating Russian disinformation. And in medical, we have new research on COVID, the flu, and diabetes. You will be smarter and more well-informed after you listen to this podcast. I know everyone says about their podcast, but this one, take the bank. And I swear, I swear we will not talk about the Oscars. That's the only mention of it. We will not mention Oscars again. I'm sorry that I mentioned Oscars again. Oh, God. It's spiraling. Anyway, if you did want to talk about those, even though I really don't want to, you can call us at 803-563-7169. Obviously a cultural moment for the times, just like Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl. Another controversial public international moment we've all experienced. Well, maybe not if you're a Gen Zer, but this might be your first experience in such a moment like this. Let us know how you're reacting to it. Or if you want to talk about some lighter matters, we're here for you too. 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and the controversy that's swirling around in your world. (laughs) We might not be able to decide it for you, but we want to hear it. And we have an exclusive, very important announcement. You've heard us talk about this on and off for the past couple episodes. Hit the alarm, not the snake alert, the alarm. We will be having a live taping in Sumter, folks, April 28th from 6.30 to 8 at Sumter Original Brewery. That's right, we are back on the road. Lead is back, and we're going to Sumter on April 28th at 6.30. We're going to have a live taping there with some of our favorite friends of the pod. We're going to have a wind down. There will be swag. And so much. Come stop by, hang out with us. It will be a blast on April 28th, 6.30 to 8. You can register on eventbrite.com and just search SC Lead Live Taping. It's free. Currently in South Carolina, the spread of COVID-19 is low, according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And we'll have updated statewide COVID data for you in Saturday's podcast. On Sunday, more than 500 Democrats gathered for the inaugural South Carolina Black Democratic Caucus Sunday dinner event. The fundraiser brought together folks from across the state for an evening to honor the legacy of black activism in the state, including known activists like the Reverend Jesse Jackson, the first black female state senator Maggie Glover, and state senator Robert Ford, along with those who carry the torch today. But there was politicking too. The program featured two slots for Democratic gubernatorial candidates, former Congressman Joe Cunningham and State Senator Mia McLeod. Cunningham went first and touted flipping the first congressional district blue back in 2018 when he beat Republican Katie Arrington by just over one point in the historically Republican district. Cunningham uses that race when talking about flipping the state blue in November, which would require closing a gap of about eight points, which was the margin for the 2018 governor's race. Here's Cunningham. You know, as I travel across this state, I'm re-energized by the hope and the vision we all share on the issues. But I'm also tired of seeing the things that I see as I go across the state. 
I'm tired of seeing our rural hospitals closed and Dollar Generals open up in their place. I'm tired of politicians not expanding Medicaid in South Carolina when they should be expanding it. I'm sick and tired of our teachers leaving in droves because they're disrespected so much. That's why we've got a plan to raise teacher pay by 10% and make the starting salary of $50,000 a year by 2030. I'm tired of seeing our brightest, our best, our youngest leave South Carolina because there is no economic opportunity here in South Carolina. So we've got a plan to bring businesses and bring jobs to South Carolina. And eight and a half billion dollars in tax incentives and bribes is bringing businesses here because we offer the best educated and the best and the most healthy workforce in the entire country. And just an FYI on the audio quality there, folks, there was no molt box for me to plug my microphone into, so I was just getting that room audio right on the microphone. So it's a little rough there, but you can hear it, so we're going to press on. Now, Cunningham added he's also tired of seeing people go to jail over a bag of marijuana, which is why he's pushing for its legalization. So his top issues right there. Now, McLeod said that she has spent every week on the front lines of the South Carolina Senate fighting against Republican issues like restricting abortion access and open carry gun laws, among others. Here's Richland Center, Mia McLeod. Often in politics, folks are conformed to this world in that the things that they say and the things that they commit to and even who they claim to be changes depending on whatever room they're in. This is Sunday, I can preach a little bit now. McLeod there making some subtle digs at Cunningham and also said she's the only person in the primary who believes the minimum wage should be at least $15 an hour, jabbing Cunningham for his 2019 vote against a bill to raise the minimum wage, which Republicans and five other Democrats were against. And the R word came up again in her speech. Take a listen. We've never had anybody who looks like me to ever run for government. And guess what? We'll never have a Democratic governor again if we only support candidates who run like Republicans. Both candidates were slotted to speak for three minutes each. Cunningham went three minutes, 48 seconds. McLeod went seven and a half minutes. Speaking of Republicans, I sat down with the head honcho over in the state Senate. That would be Edgefield Republican Senator Shane Massey. He's the majority leader. And we discussed the budget and controversial bills like the Save Women's Sports Act. That would ban transgender students from playing on high school and even college sports teams that don't correspond to the sex they were assigned at birth. Here is why the Senate is moving forward with that controversial bill. So the, the, the bill's had a good bit of work so far, and it probably still needs a little bit more work before before we take it up for, for debate on the Senate. But I am hopeful that we're going to take it up. This is something that 
that a number of members of our caucus are very interested in. And they're interested in it, Gavin, because we've been hearing about this issue a lot from constituents in South Carolina. Uh, there's been some national attention um, re related to uh, biological men participating in women's sports. And, and, and there's a real concern out there about this is just not fair. And so th there is a concern about what kind of an impact this will have in the long run on on women and girls being able to participate in athletic competition. So there's a lot of interest out there, and that interest is coming from the constituency. This isn't something that legislators are deciding we need to do because this is a great idea we have. This is really in response to public input. Uh, but I do think there's some more work that needs to be done. We need to make sure that we get it right, um, but I'm hopeful we'll be able to get there. But sir, we already have seen like the South Carolina High School League implemented an application process dealing with this same issue back in 2016. Uh, and since then, only four students have gone through that application process to play on an opposing sports team than their uh, gender signed at birth. So is that still, do you not see that being sufficient enough at this point? Well, you're right. The High School League does have a process. And fortunately, they've only had to use that process just a few times. But what we're seeing across the country is it does seem to be getting more and more of an issue. You see that in more states. It's becoming more of a national issue. What, what, what you anticipate is it's going to become a larger issue in South Carolina. So whereas the high school league may have had just four applicants so far, we expect that number is going to increase. Uh, we expect there will be people who try to take advantage of the process. Uh, so that's why you're getting a lot of public input on this issue, and that's what's leading to legislative action. Uh, and Senator, we have also seen a lot of input, too, on the hate crimes bill, a bill that we saw pass through the House as well. Uh, we're only one of two states that doesn't have one, uh, talking about states that are pushing bills and the like. How do you see that meshing with that? Do you, I know that's on the Senate calendar. It's gone through Senate Judiciary, went through last year, late last year. Uh, do you see that coming up at all? I know Republican senators have objected to it. Uh, what's going on there, and, and do you see that moving at any point? I think it's unlikely. Um, anything's possible, but I think it's unlikely. I mean, there, there is significant opposition, to it, and I don't know that, that, that there is as much support for that as some some of the advocates and proponents would would lead others to believe. So I think that one's going to have a very up a very steep uphill climb in the Senate. Uh, but let's switch gears to what you guys are debating right now in the Senate. Uh, there's a bill dealing with education scholarship accounts. Uh, what is this bill about? What's it do? And is it is it similar to some other bills in the past that uh, Republicans have been pushing to maybe you know privatize? public education in some regard? Well, what this does is it gives a limited number of scholarships to poor children and children with disabilities. This bill really is focused on additional educational opportunities for poor kids and kids with disabilities. Um, it, it is not something that wealthy parents are going to be able to take advantage of. This is not something to try to reward people who have left the public school system and are already in the private school system. doesn't do that at all. It's talking about additional opportunities for poor kids and kids with disabilities. Um, and and it, it provides a cap of up to 15,000 students per year to take advantage of it after it's fully phased in. We have 750,000 children in our public school system. 15,000 would be able to take advantage of this for now. We'll see how that works out. But they could use it to go to, you mentioned a private school, that would be an option. They could also use it for tutoring. Uh, they could use it for transportation services. They could use it to go to a public school in a different school district for which there is a cost associated. They could use it for um, for computer equipment, things that are educational related. So there are lots of opportunities here 
that especially children with disabilities and children who live in families that don't have the financial means will be able to take advantage of to increase educational opportunities. That's our goal. Now let's take a look at what we're watching at the Statehouse this week. The House is back in session after taking a week off. The full Education Committee will meet again to hear testimony on five controversial bills dealing with critical race theory on Tuesday. There have been two hearings so far with more than 11 hours of testimony. A bill dealing with information disclosures for chemically induced abortions is before the full Judiciary Committee on Tuesday. And the Senate-approved medical marijuana bill goes before a subcommittee Thursday morning. In the Senate, there will be a full Finance and Judiciary Committee meetings on Tuesday. The Education Scholarship Bill S-935, which you heard Senator Shane Massey talking about, is still being debated in the Senate. And I can't let you go with another little heads up for this week. Candidate filing closes at noon on March 30th. We'll have a full recap for you on Saturday. We're not expecting many surprises at this point. We'll be interested to see how many folks do jump on these congressional races, even with the already known Trump-endorsed candidates in there as well as who and who isn't running for re-election in the Statehouse. A lot going on here, folks. You're going to want to stay tuned. I guarantee it. We're making our business section our Scott Morgan section today. Yay! Scott has a report on how researchers at Clemson University are working to uncover Russian disinformation, something the Media Lab up there has been doing for a while now, but has taken on a greater purpose since the invasion of Ukraine. Here's Scott. Okay, so this is the, the alleged fact check. So you can see here that there's this video with the Z added. And then there's these flames and smoke. While Russia batters Ukraine with bullets and bombs, Dr. Patrick Warren and I click through an arsenal of Russian weapons of another kind. Weapons actually not aimed at Ukraine resistance, but rather back at the Russian people. This picture down here, the alleged real video, and it is real, except it's also been photoshopped a little bit. They used the same MP4 file twice. We're looking at a clearly doctored video meme of a Ukrainian armored vehicle, altered with cheap-grade CGI flames and a blatantly added white Z, a symbol of support for Russian forces in Ukraine. Warren's collected at least a dozen examples just like this. All pretty standard stuff as far as propaganda goes, except for one thing. This video was presented as a fact check. Where there was a picture or a video of a post that someone saw on social media or a purported thing that someone had shared, and then another picture or video that was purported to be the real thing. Don't let us lose you. This is meant to be confusing, not to mention insidious. See, this shoddy-looking meme of a Ukrainian armored vehicle is meant for Russian people to think Ukrainians altered footage of their own machinery to look like Russian machinery, and Ukrainian media is offering propaganda. What really struck me right away about these was that the purported fake thing was a thing that I had never seen. Warren's been monitoring misinformation writ large from the Clemson University Media Forensics Hub, a collaborative and quite sophisticated project that began with a look into suspected Russian state-sponsored meddling into U.S. opinion a few years ago. 
And this point Warren just made about not having seen the original fakes that get refaked into some postmodern meta fake presented as fact check, it's all about agenda setting, largely from obscure posts that fit the narrative that a propagandist is trying to push. One complaint you often hear about fact checking is that the original viral thing gets shared a million times and the fact check gets shared 10,000 times. Well, this is like the inverse of that. So who's pushing these juiced up narratives? I can't tell you for sure who these people are. What I can tell you is the narratives they're trying to push and where we find them. So we find them in channels that are pushing very strongly the like pro-Kremlin, anti-Ukrainian line, acting in very similar ways to the way that the old Twitter, internet research agency, Russian propaganda accounts have acted. Warren is sure that Americans are not the target of these anti-Ukraine campaigns, most of which involve zero English to begin with. He says the ultimate goal is to steal the resolve of Russian supporters and convince Russian people that Ukraine really is a problem that requires Kremlin might to resolve. At the same time, he's also sure this is all a lesson for Americans to consider. We're past the days when real fact-checkers were the only barrier between you and the information you get. So you, dear listener, need to stay alert. Warren says, ask yourself a few key questions while you're doom-scrolling through social media feeds. Not only is this true or not, but why am I seeing this? I should be asking that question. Like, who, who wants me to see that? Is it because it's my cousin Jerry and my cousin Jerry sharing this and I just see everything that Jerry says? Fine. Or is it this account that I followed because they had cute cat pictures and now they're saying something about Ukraine? Like, why? who is this guy <laughs> and why am I seeing this stuff? Simple. You're seeing it because someone is trying to make you doubt. And Warren says they're getting a lot craftier about doing that. Thanks, Scott. And on the way out, AAA Carolinas reports that the average cost for a gallon of gas in the state is $3.93. That's down a penny, a whole penny from the last time I told y'all, and three cents from a week ago. But it's up $1.32 from a year ago for that same gallon of gas. Lead says, slow down. Welcome to our medical section. It's more of our research section, actually. Data. Research on COVID. Data. Now, we've spent years talking about how COVID isn't the flu. Remember that over and over? Yes, they share a lot of characteristics, but as we get more and more COVID research, you realize just how unique this virus is, hence why there were so many protective measures taken. Take this research, for example. The Wall Street Journal reports the findings of a large new study found that people who recovered from COVID-19 within the past year are 40% more likely to receive a new diagnosis of diabetes compared to those who weren't infected. That's 40% more likely to receive a new diagnosis of diabetes after being infected with COVID. Some researchers say COVID-19 could also be triggering an entirely new type of diabetes in which certain cells mistakenly start to raise rather than lower blood sugar. This is a lot. Now we've known about long COVID symptoms like fatigue, shortness of breath, and cognitive issues, but this study, published in the journal Lancet Diabetes and Endocrinology, adds to the cardiometabolic complications we've heard about involving the heart and kidneys. So, a lot to be aware of. This is not the flu, folks. Now, I know I just mentioned how COVID isn't the flu, but what about people who contract both at the same time? Well, 
they're at greater risk of death, according to a new study. The Financial Times reports that people who are simultaneously infected with COVID-19 and influenza face double the risk of death, according to a new study, highlighting the challenges being posed to health systems as flu reemerges. Now, this research was led by scientists and medics at academic institutions across Europe as part of the disease response network, Izaric. It found that unvaccinated patients infected with the two viruses were 2.3 times more likely to die and 4.1 times more likely to require a ventilator, compared with people only infected with coronavirus. Geert Gruneveld, one of the study authors and an infectious disease physician at the Leiden University Medical Center in the Netherlands, said the harm from a co-infection of COVID and flu probably stemmed from how they both destroy the respiratory tract in severely ill patients. Now, when it comes to getting a second booster or a different vaccine, well, that may not be free like it was for the first round of shots. This according to the White House COVID Task Force. That's all contingent upon a COVID supplemental bill Congress would need to pass. Here's White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator Jeff Zients from last week. We have enough supply for the immunocompromised to get a fourth dose. And if authorized in the coming weeks, enough supply for fourth doses for our most vulnerable, including seniors. So we have enough inventory of vaccines to support possible fourth doses this spring. However, if the science shows that fourth doses are needed for the general population later this year, we will not have the supply necessary to ensure shots are available, free and easy to access for all Americans. Without more funding, we can't procure the necessary vaccine supply to support fourth shots for all Americans. Furthermore, if things change and there's a need for a, va- a new vaccine, a new formulation, for example, a variant-specific vaccine, we won't be able to secure doses for the American people, and we won't be able to ensure America is first in line for them. Not having enough vaccines is completely unacceptable, as vaccines have proven to be our single most important tool in protecting Americans. We should be securing additional supply right now. Many other countries are already doing so. In fact, Japan, Vietnam, the Philippines, and Hong Kong have already secured future booster doses. Beyond vaccines, without additional funding, we can't sustain the domestic testing manufacturing capacity we've built over the past year. And because it takes months to ramp back up to rebuild capacity, failure to invest now will leave us with insufficient testing capacity and supply if we see another surge in cases and demand for testing increases once again. That should not be allowed to happen. Okay, so remember those comments when everything starts to pop off again in the future. Be like, didn't they ask for some $15 billion to prevent this back in March when they passed the omnibus bill? Well, Republicans wanted that money offset by using unspent aid from other COVID relief bills, which many Democrats from states with large amounts of unspent aid were not happy about. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and we want to hear your stories as well. That's why we have a toll free voicemail box set up for you to call at 803-563-7169. You leave your name, you leave your message, you leave where you're calling from. That's if you call, which to my (laughs) understanding is 
We don't have any calls in the hopper. Gavin, I, I have my, my hopper readout here. Yeah. I was hoping for a last <laughs> second call in. <laughs> okay. And I've been I've been just staring at this screen. <laughs> and you know well, what? Hit refresh again. Is okay, it refreshed? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, let me try again, Gavin. Go ahead. Oh God! Oh man! I'm keying in all this information, and I'm just getting I'm just getting nothing back. Oh yeah, this is scary. Is the mainframe online? Uh, I, we may have been hacked. If we got hacked and they came in the back door to the mainframe, just we're like, going to be in trouble. Just like the net. It's just, just like, like the, the net. net. If Sandra you've seen the Bullock. net, <laughs> you know exactly you what know, we're talking about. You know what we're talking about. Get off the internet. That's why we are using mainframes only. We don't use the cloud here at the lead. We don't trust the cloud. Anyway, Gavin, we do not have a call, and that's very okay, sad. It's um, okay. I've been crying of- all night and all day. Uh, I don't know what to do. Is, is this it for us? Yeah, I mean, because you had to break me that news, and that's, I mean, that's a fireball offense. You flipped a table. You flipped, uh, yes. you flipped your car over. You and know, that when they might not have been related. When they say you get that rush of adrenaline, you could lift your car up. That's what you did. Yeah. It was um, scary. We took a picture of it, but it's it's not any good. No. <laughs> the car was moving too fast, and you can't really see it. Well, we have a long episode anyway, so we, yeah, uh, we, we can, can keep this tight. Yeah. We can keep this tight. Yeah, we, can, I, we can talk about, um, you know, there's, Shows on Sunday. <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't want to talk about that. I don't either. If you want to go to I, movies, no, I don't. I can talk about. We can talk about the movies. I saw the Batman this weekend. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The Batman. And I would say I would say it's pretty good. And he's very dark. He's very miserable. Uh-huh. Robert Pattinson uh-huh. as as Batman. And I and I I enjoy that about him. A brooding Batman. And it's it's early. These is going to be spoiler free. Okay. Okay. It's not gonna. It's not gonna. No spoilers. He like, does. What's the spoiler? Like reveals identity. I mean, come everyone on. knows all the Batman stuff. Yeah, I know. But so it was early in his Batman career. He hasn't got mm. it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's one part where he does this daring escape, right? And he. He he gets like a wingsuit and yeah. flies away, and sm- he does not have a smooth landing. He smashes into the ground, and he gets up, and he starts going, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> but they did that in the Christian Bale one, too. I mean, we've already seen this kind of he thing. He said ow in the Christian Bale no, one? No, but he flopped out. Like, he didn't have the proper equipment and the oh, proper gear. I don't remember that part. Oh, yeah. But when I believe was, you. When he was uh, prototyping all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. So Unlike, is he supposed to be like a young Michael Keaton? <laughs> it's sort of. It's like, it's sort of like uh, you know how this most recent James Bond yes. doesn't have all the gadgets for every single situation? True. You know what I mean? Yeah. This Batman does not have something Low for tech. everything. He 1. has. 0. He. I mean, he's got high tech compared to a lot of to like laymen in the universe, but like mm. he's not got some button to press on his belt for everything. You know what gotcha. I mean? So it was pretty good. I do mm. recommend it. it. It was a good movie, and it doesn't feel like it's three hours long. Okay, That's yeah, a good sell. Mm-hmm. I liked it. And um, you said you could see parts of it, and we're talking about the cinematography. Oh, yeah. Being so this trend again, just so dark, darker and darker I mean, and darker. When you first see the Batman. He slowly skulks out of the shadows, but like you, it's so dark. I saw it in IMAX, and if and if you can't brag, if you can't see it in IMAX, like you're not going to be able to see that at home. So (laughs) turn off all the lights and like squint. (laughs) Yeah, it was funny though. Before uh, Caitlin and I, we were at uh, the bar Mm -hmm. with our friends. And we were like, oh, we got to go. They're like, what What do you mean? <laughs> we have to go to the movies. We were like, we're going to go to the movies. And their brains were so COVID for the last two years. They're like, who uh, goes to the movies? Yeah. Like, last one I went to, like I said, we talked about it was the French Dispatch. Mm-hmm. I guess that was February, maybe. This is the maybe first one that, yeah. I've been to since Fast and Furious, F9. God. Yeah. I you saw that in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I was alone for that one. There were people in this one. It, 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 was, <laughs> it was nice to be in a movie theater. Um, yeah. And. 
We also need to mention that on Friday, we will be taping this episode from a very exclusive location. Oh, yes. It's going to be a it's big. It's supply chain related. Years in the making. Years in the making. Supply chain related. That's all I'm going to say about it. If you know, if you've been listening, you you guys you can, know. You can wink, wink. suss out exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> but the show, it's going to be extra special. It might be the most important one we've ever done. Wow, that's a lot of pressure for me. Especially when, I mean, we're going to be live. We're going to be live in about a month. And yeah, so folks. I, I think this might. This might diminish the impact of the live show. I hate that. I hate that for for <laughs> for the listeners, but for us. Well, yeah, this will be so exclusive. This is going to be it's not a listener. It's going to be exclusive. Event. So, but yeah, we will be in Sumter, like here at the top of the show. If, yes. you, if you skip through the top and just come to the wind down because you're like that, <laughs> I'm not going to fault you. We love you listening. But uh, you might have missed that we are going to be in Sumter for our first live taping in more than two years. Mm. Mm. We're going to be at the Sumter Original Brewery, April twenty eighth. What time? 6.30. 6.30 to 8. Yes. That's right. We're going to be doing, Gavin's going to be talking to some reporters. We're yes. going to do a wind down. So like. We're going to have swag. If But if you have, if you're in the Sumter area yes. and you've been waiting for us to cover a topic and we just haven't touched on it yet, we need you to go there and yell mm-hmm. it at us. Yell okay? it at us. We want, I want you to bark at us yes. from the crowd. Okay. Well, actually I have some elected officials there. You can actually yell at them that can be, actually do things for you. But we'll be there. We'll be talking about things. It'll be fun. We have Pint glasses and plenty of things to give away. So great pint glasses. You know, if you want to drive even from all over the state, you know, it's pretty easy. (laughs) Anywhere, anywhere. I mean, if you're listening to us in in another country, get back here. (laughs) Adam Minster, we're talking to you. (laughs) Talking to you, Adam. (laughs) Anyway, Gavin, I hope you had a good week. I hope you're surviving the pollen. Yes. 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 You get a car. And you get a car. And have a great week. Say goodbye to everyone. Thank you. Thank you. You can leave us a message like no one did this week. Okay, okay. That I gotta scratch that one up from the script. But be that person. Be our savior. Give us a call. 803-563-7169. Give us a shout. We love hearing from you guys. And you can also leave us a review on iTunes. We love iTunes reviews. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. Don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Nothing we've ever reported is real. You know how hard it is for me to make all this stuff up? It takes a long time. (laughs) And it's not even imaginative. It's boring.